Hello. Welcome to Public Affairs. This is Lynn Koppel. And today we're joined by uh, someone who was one of my heroes right after the storm, Karen Gadbois, who is with the Lens now. But Ms. Gadbois, tell us about your interesting career and squandered heritage and the Lens and how the Lens got started, how you got associated with it. Well, first, thanks for having me. Um, it's it's funny how, uh, you know, the events of 2005 <laughs> continue to pop up in our lives, and Absolutely. here we are in August nearly, um, approaching, what is it, 12 years? Yes. <laughs> doesn't seem like it. Oh, well, back in uh, 2005 when I had um, evacuated for Katrina, I uh, became aware of blogging which now seems archaic, but at the time was very uh, sort of revolutionary. And I think there were a number of uh, bloggers here in New Orleans who really um, stepped it up and, uh, you know, made, uh, took, captured the interest of the city as well as those outside of the city. My particular interest was in not not preservation, you know, strictly preservation. Not with a capital P, Not with a capital P. It was really about... What would my neighborhood look like? And I live up near where there was a large fire um, across from the Notre Dame Seminary uh, oh, on Carrollton, mm-hmm, Pritchard Place, where almost an entire block was destroyed by fire. And I would work as hard as I could in my head to f- remember what each house yes. had been. And my daughter used to wait for the school bus there, so it was a, a spot I was familiar with. I went to the Greater New Orleans Collection historic New Orleans mm-hmm. collection, to try and archive those photos of that place to sort of recreate it in my head. So while I was doing this, I came up with the idea that I would create a, a blog called Squandered Heritage and I would start to document the properties before they were demolished mm-hmm. because there were so many. And I had found a way to access the FEMA demolition lists, and these were all the addresses that people had voluntarily signed up to um, have their houses demolished. Some needed to be demolished. Most yes. di- most did not need to be demolished. So that was basically the premise of, of Squandered Heritage. It was, a, it was a sort of memory project where you could put in an address, see what had been there, mm-hmm. and a sort of preservation of memory yeah. um, project. It was really uh, a, a labor love. I wasn't uh, in the news business per se before that. I'm a textile designer mm-hmm. by training. Uh, and I really wanted to just capture something that, to me, was a vital part of all of our lives. Uh, whether or not you lived in one of these houses, you know, I always would tell people, when you drive home, walk home, bicycle home, you make turns and twists based on different mm-hmm. landmarks. What's there? The yellow house, the big tree. And you can absorb those sort of changes in a very organic way. Well, the yellow house is gone or the yeah. big tree got cut down. But collectively, having those changes was really a shock to the system. This, to me, was a way to mitigate, in some ways, that shock. It turned into another project altogether, <laughs> but that was the initial. Well, I can remember checking it out because I have lived in and out of New Orleans, but love New Orleans, was born here and spent an awful lot of time here. And you're right. you there. It's in your memory, and if when it's gone, your memory bank is kind of pushed off Kelter. And like, you know, we start talking about the thing across from the Notre Dame Seminary. I know what's there now. And I was trying to remember, well, what was there then? And you forget. I mean, even in a 
12 years is a long time, mm-hmm. but I certainly was looking at it longer than 12 years, and I, I can't remember. And there are other things in the city that when people call my attention to it, and I was, oh, you're right, that used to be the such and such. Well, no wonder I can't find my way around anymore. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah, what a wonderful thing. So is that blog still up and around? Can I have the um, archives are on the lens. If you go to the lens, uh, okay. dot, org, you can you can access some of those archives. Uh, I was once uh, invited to um, go to France Ooh. to discuss the origins of squandered heritage. Mm-hmm. Since the French actually do like memory. Sure. <laughs> And uh, Richard Campanella was on the trip with oh, me. He's excellent. Yeah. And I had asked Richard, how do I make sure this this project is archived properly? And his response to me was quite interesting. Is sort of the new world of publishing, which is online, has le- has is still finding its way into yes. the sort of archiving of where we can. We're really good at archiving books, um, so it's difficult, you know, to know where the where the archives will live. Um, but they have, they still exist in, in the lens. Well, that's good. Tell us about the lens, an interesting project um, that I, I hope more people look at. It's, it's really journalism in depth, isn't it? Yeah, so we, um, after Squandered Heritage was around and during the time of just doing the chronicling of, of housing, I also uncovered several large uh, stories which um, went on to garner... Mm-hmm. Awards. Well, um, and uh, I had teamed up with Lee Zurich to do a series mm-hmm. on a housing um, nonprofit that the city was running that had um, absconded with the money, so to speak. Alas. Yeah. Um, and I, I felt like there was a lot more there. And I had been doing this on my own time without any support and, and didn't really understand how the nonprofit world worked. So I had to get a quick mm-hmm. tutorial, and I'm still learning in many ways. Um, it's an evolving uh, yes, yes. universe, the, the nonprofit universe. And so there was a, a young reporter who came to town, Ariella Cohen, and Ariel and I um, hatched this plan to start an investigative news site. We were um, uh, joined by Steve Beatty, who's the publisher, but and Jed Horn, who had formerly been at the Times Picayune, Jed mm-hmm. helped us do some of the early brainstorming about uh, staffing, et cetera. We're are, we're primarily focused now on schools, mm-hmm. uh, government, which is a pretty broad, you yeah, know, but still uh, governance, criminal justice, and the environment are our sectors. I've sort of stepped back from the land use uh, realm because I do a lot of the development work and fundraising. But I still have a keen interest in land use and continue to pay attention to it. And, you know, there are, jokingly, we say they have geek TV, you know, which is the, <laughs> watching City Hall TV. Well, there's, you can also watch it online, which I tend to do while I'm doing other things at my desk. You know, I hope you don't give up your housing thing, because I think in New Orleans, that's a really powerful thing that making New Orleans and keeping New Orleans what it is. But some of the other things that the lens does, you talk about this in-depth look at schools, an in-depth look at uh, the environment, what's happening there. These are all things that have to be covered in somewhat in-depth. In other words, it's hard to read something. Oh, I don't want to knock the popular press, but sometimes you read something and you, where does, the, where does it, this come from? 
Where is it going? Where is it going? I don't understand. What are the, you know, it's just like this thing is put out in front of me. And I can't understand it because I really haven't been following it. And I will never see it again. So why bother with it? But the lens does kind of try to lay you a foundation, doesn't it? I mean, it, y'all do that, yeah, of course, we try and stay. We try yeah. and stay on a story yeah. um, and follow where it goes so that the initial, you know, for instance, right now, Charles Maldonado, who's been doing a lot of our criminal justice mm-hmm. city hall reporting, has reported on the district attorney's issuance yeah. of fake subpoenas to bring witnesses in. And, you know, that's a story you could say, well, that's a one-off story. Well, yeah. But no, it's not actually because we continue to get... Um, contacted by people who have either been involved in cases where there was a use of fake subpoenas or they've been themselves issued a fake subpoena. So the story is how the impact, what is that impact? You know, you can have a story that just tells a sort of policy um, without, without recognizing, oh, this is actually the deeper, broader impact. Well, also, I would imagine most people don't understand what that is. In other words, (laughs) Well, well, be honest. If you're not really, in the, I mean, if you're not a lawyer, if you're not involved in the criminal mm-hmm. justice system, what does that mean? You know, and no one knows. And when it just appears, it's a snapshot. Like show you a picture of something without any. Well, who are these people? What are they doing? Why are they doing it? And well, especially since the word fake now has come well, into course. the vernacular as meaning something other than fake. <laughs> well, but but the thing about it, the picture is there, and it's a it's an artifact. But if you don't understand what it is, right. or where it came what's from, a subpoena? Or what's it, what mm. is it doing? Well, what is a subpoena? What is how is this used? Why is this used? And I think the lens gives a that kind of a background that people, you know, even people who are interested. And I find too that many times people, you know, you start to read something, you say, "Oh, I'm not really interested. This doesn't affect mm-hmm. me. So what?" And kind of let it go. And that. That can be a bad thing, as as we all know. Right. In New Orleans, I think it's it's uh, fairly uh, common that it, it all affects all of us. Well, yes. It's just, you, you know, it's impossible, you know, much like the water that came into the city. Sure. It affected us all, even if your house stayed perfectly dry. Um, we are, as I said before, a little ecosystem, and yeah. uh, what happens to one happens to all. So... We do try and stay on a story beyond what other outlets would do. We try and use the um, medium of online mm-hmm. to its full capacity, including videos and, uh, you know, visual. Im- we have a, a portion of the lens that's called the vault, okay. which those who like real estate and land yeah. use would enjoy because we have the most recent um, house sales. Oh no, that's that is interesting. Right, so yes. we get the that information directly from the um, not from the assessor, but mm-hmm. from court courts. We get it as oh, it's okay. being filed, yeah. so you can see what sold this week before it, you know, and, sure. and and that's you know it's a people often think of real estate as a sort of light and easy topic. It is not. It's as no. it's as loaded as any other topic. Um, so we try and put public da- have public databases for people to. Uh, easily find things. We also have city contract database. Um, but So we try and utilize the real estate that we live on, which is online. Yes. Um, we work in partnership with other with other news outlets on stories as well, national and um, not just local, but locals and national. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's very useful because if you do have a story that comes out of New Orleans, 
maybe want to know a little bit more about the players or a little bit more about the history of this and the lens can you know can protect that that those ideas in other words here's where it is we've written it down you can go back and look it up or you can you know talk to someone and hear what's going forward i mean we have uh, we have had in the past um a charter school reporting core where we had a large number of reporters mm-hmm. now we have uh, one uh, school reporter who does a, a good oh, job gosh. yeah um, but because of the nature of charter schools and the sort of disparate uh, governance structure, absolutely, it's impossible for any news outlet really to cover them fully. So we try and um, not pick and choose, certainly, but I mean that sounds a little. No, I, I know exactly what you you're know. Saying. We do our best to be where is is aware of where we are, what's going on in all the different uh, schools, but specifically highlighting those that for whatever reason are not following the rules. And, you know, we've been accused in the past of being anti-charter. We certainly are not. No. And we are certainly not pro-charter. We are simply interested in this is no longer an experiment. We are now 10 years into it. We need to have accountability. We're interested in accountability. So, And you know what what I like about it, too, is that's, a lot of what you're talking about is the boring stuff of journalism mm-hmm. where you go and sit through a meeting and it's all in favor, okay, mm-hmm. no no abstention. Blah, blah. In other words, you have to sit through that because sometime at the very end of the meeting someone brings up something that you say, wait, what was that that they just voted right, on? Right, as they say, the devil's in the details. Well, yeah, and you have to sit there through the, the whole hour and a half to get to the details. Chatter and craziness. And before you hear something, and you kind of have to understand what you're hearing. And that's what I'm saying, this kind of understanding. And I think with charter schools, each one is different. Each one has different rules. And I think most people, if you question them closely, unless their child goes to a charter school, and even if they do, they probably don't know about others in the in the district. Uh, and it's important to know. And, well, what's happening? Well, why are they doing that? Or what's going on. Yeah, so that that that's a real service and as you say, you don't have to be pro or against something to look at it very carefully you just and figure know. out what it is, what's <laughs> mm-hmm. going on here. Well, that these are wonderful. Let's talk some more I love housing. Let's mm-hmm. talk some more about preservation with a small p and housing. Um how do you feel talk to us a little bit about how the city seems to be thriving? Um, though there's some things that I, I'm beginning to wonder about in the city. We don't have to talk about specifics, but what is your overall view of have we turned a corner? Is New Orleans rebuilding a strong housing stock with affordable housing, perhaps, and attractive housing and uh, keeping away from the pitfalls? Or have you an opinion on that now that I've laid out about 15, <laughs> different, 15 different questions? I'm sorry. Uh, well, opinions are something I don't lack for. Um, I, I I have always been interested in the built environment. My dad was a tradesman. He mm-hmm. did lath work, um, plaster lath work. So I've always been interested in the craftsmanship that, that is uh, involved in mm-hmm. our housing. And then not only the craftsmanship, but the materials and the resistance of the materials to the, the weather. So sure. Um, I've seen, I see these houses more than architectural symbols, but rather they're human, human symbols of 
laborers and those that, that came before us. So, you know, when people talk about culture and they talk about preservation, there's also, there's oftentimes this um, misunderstanding about preservation is it's only being interested in housing. But actually, I think that you cannot separate people from that, whether no. it's the people that built it, the people that have lived in it, the people that have um, occupied it now and in the future. And the fact that we were sort of environmentally correct before our time because we built houses that could, in some ways, accept the water and reject the water and, and recover from the water. Sure. Um, so I continue to be interested in in looking at choices made about demolitions, specifically uptown. I think there's a really um, tremendous pressure uh, by a number of developers to uh, capture lots of small housing all the, I would say, I would say predominantly all slab and grade housing uptown has been snapped up and demolished. But what's being rebuilt is really aggressively um, large homes on small lots, yeah. capturing every square inch um, possible to that's the, that the law allows. And and I think we're. Um, I was I was interesting the other day I was looking at a, a row of houses that were built uptown and they were all driveways with no porches. Mm. There was a sort of fake nod to a front porch, but there was no real porch. Yeah. Um and so I I think it's interesting uh, someone once asked me about the Make It Right project in in the Lower Nine and uh, you know that's an interesting project that's, yes, that's another it hour in and of yeah. itself. I think what's interesting about New Orleans architecture, the vernacular architecture of New Orleans, is that it's a very, I say it's a very female, that the houses sort of talk to each other, they sort of chat, yes. they sort of chat with you when you walk by them, and that the Make It Right was a much more sort of aggressive, they sort of yelled at you instead of yeah. spoke to you. Sometimes you like to get yelled at, but... <laughs> and so, you, mm. you know, I pay close attention to, to what um, is being torn down, what is being built, and... You know, seeing what is lost in in this sort of transition from from old to new. You know, one of the things I love about New Orleans houses and the shotgun that is really organic. It's answering a need. Number one, it's three feet off the ground. So, someone a hundred years, a thousand years ago, however, discovered that the you know when you have a flood or a bad rain, rain comes up about two and a half feet, which is fine if you're three three and a half feet off the ground. It's not so fine if you're six inches off the ground. But also, I'm, I notice in my house, which is an old shotgun, I'm about seven feet from my neighbors on both sides, which means I have to be careful mm -hmm. about turning up the music or whatever I'm doing. But on the other hand, I notice the house is kind of dark. And I realize, well, of course it's kind of dark. You're living in the tropics. You don't want a house that has lots of bright light coming into it. You know, they built to respond to what was real in the uh, to me, and uh, that's what kind of I love about it. And I, it upsets me when I go into houses and look at things where they don't have they don't have windows or they don't you know there's funny shape. And you say, how does that work when you don't have air conditioning? When the air conditioning goes off, how does this how's this going to work? And uh, you know, well, and like as that. we enter an age where. Yes. It's getting hotter and hotter, and and utility costs are getting higher and higher. There are going to be many people who can't afford uh, air conditioning. And have we have we made some passive? I was listening to something the other day about climate, 
about climate change and they're saying there's no there are, are legal rights to to heat but there are no legal rights to cool no no and so we have created a situation where people's ability to get cool or cooler um in these houses is is truncated by the small windows, the low ceilings, the lack of cross-ventilation. And those are all considerations for a sustainable, if, if in fact, New sure. Orleans wants to, to, to utilize that overused yeah. word, to be sustainable. Do, are we being sustainable in our, our architectural building practices? Because we were in the past. Well, and, and that's just the way it was. And uh, I don't know, I find old houses char- not just charming. They're not just charming. They're actually, you know, useful if you keep them upright and do them right. And uh, I love that. And I also love the, the culture of the front porch that you're talking about. Uh, is there anything better than sitting out on your front porch and being nosy with your neighbors and watching? Mm-hmm. All their day? You know, that, that to me is part of the culture of New Orleans uh, is sitting on the front porch and knowing people in your neighborhood. And I think when we talk about the Airbnb thing, which we're not going to do because, as you said, it's, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> um, you know, the thought of a, your neighborhood is you and your neighbors living with a certain agreed on and not written down. These aren't rules that anybody writes down, but you know, as another thing we were talking about is car spaces. In other words, if you don't have a driveway, but you park your car in front of your house, you know, everyone, your neighbors all know, well, Ms. So-and-so parks there. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you know, that goes out the window sometime, and you get annoyed, which, you know, everybody can get annoyed. That's fine. But the culture, I want to be sure that what we're doing in New Orleans is preserving. And when I sell, say culture, this is with a small C, but, you know, the, the neighborhood feel, which to me is the reason you like any city, but New Orleans in particular. Well, I remember when I came back after Katrina, I um, woke up one day, and at the time I was 50 um, and wasn't quite ready to be the old lady <laughs> in the neighborhood. And um, I realized now I am the old lady in the neighborhood because yeah, everyone else, all the others that were older than me had um, had not come back. Um, and so, you know, it was sort of, I'm going to be out there with the broom chasing the kids sure. off my lawn. But you inherit... A sort sure. of culture of a neighborhood from from those before you. You you are sort yeah. of uh, caretakers of of a of a community culture, and we are. You know, I I once went to City Hall to uh, talk to uh, one of the city attorneys about the process of demolition in neighborhoods, and he said, "Well, people can do with whatever they want with their house." And I said, "Well, sort of, but not really. I mean, that's why we have yeah. zoning. That's why we yeah. have regulations." But the fact is, I buy, when you buy a house or you rent a house, you move into a community of houses, neighbors, and people, and uh, decisions that get made in that ecosystem affect you. And so, the fact that you may, you know, want to make sure your neighbors are not running a a brothel next door well, <laughs> is yeah, within your rights to question a live music venue uh, without anybody telling anyone. You know, that's yeah. And I, I know that part of the uh, drama now that's going on about Airbnb, and I'll just touch on it briefly, is the fact that people feel a certain level, in the same way I talked earlier about the markers mm-hmm. of, an, of, of on your way home, the house, the yes, tree. Yes, of course. Um, the expectation that you see a light on in the neighbor's house and you know they're, 
that's their bedroom or they're going yeah. to sleep or, you know, that we kind of do all settle into a pattern sure. of, of coexisting without necessarily having to be borrowing cups of sugar from each other. But we all, we exist in the same space. Well, and I hope that that would be what we think of in life is that, you know, if, for instance, you go by your neighbor's house and every day they're, they come home at five o'clock and they do this and, other, and suddenly there are no lights on or there's something peculiar about it, like, oh, look, they haven't picked up their newspaper. What's going on? Or, oh, my goodness, look, their pot is, you know, their precious thing is broken. What is that? You know, is someone broken into that? In other words, these are things that we all have, or is someone sick? In other words, it's a protective thing that we have to live in a community, you know, or what? You know, life it becomes, we can live in a jungle or we can live in the community. And a lot of these rules, these rules to me in the small C culture are never written down. No, they're, they're, they're kind worked of out agreements. <laughs> yeah, they're organic and they're wonderful. I mean, that's how you keep your neighbors safe. That's how... When you see, you know, a child's bicycle left outside, you pick it up and put it in the fence if it's, you know, and the mother will say, oh, thank goodness, I, you know, I was wondering about that. And these are things that make our life pleasant, and the, the opposite sometimes can make your life mm-hmm. pure hell. So, uh, yeah, and I, I think it's so wonderful that you have taken this on and kind of, you know, I always felt that that's what you were well, I mean, I think uh, you know toward. the lens in general is a is an is an effort to not show our worst side. I think people often mistake uh, investigative news sure. as a way of sort of airing our dirty laundry, but to say this is we can do better than this. This is sure. this is a thing that needs fixing. Um, we're working on a sponsorship program now, so for companies and and businesses to uh, you know put their, to to partner with us to sort of show. This is a city that's interested in um, doing the best it can doing do. Doing the best it can do. Thank <laughs> you. That's a good tagline. Well, it, you know, we, we can't be perfect. That's, no. yeah, who is? But, uh, you know, we, we can do better. And I, I want us to always be, everyone should be thinking about how can I do better? How can this improve? And in this current climate, people spend a lot of time supporting media outlets that are national, doing national mm-hmm. reporting. Without local reporting, national reporters don't have the anecdotal evidence they need. And I think it's important to support all of our local news outlets as, as, as you see fit. And even in individual kinds of cases, in other words, you want your story told, not everybody just like me, millions of people that might be true, but then your story is something else. And right. The lens can do it. So let me encourage all of my listeners to dial up the lens on your computer which you can just type in the lens. Lensnola.org. We can type. You, you can just if you Google the lens New Orleans, yeah. it will come up. Well, and that's wonderful. And your writing and everything else will come up. Thank you so much. Look what time it is. We just time plus plus go right through this. Oh. But thank you so much for the work you've done and the lens and keep it up. And uh, I encourage everybody work it out with the lens. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening to Public Affairs and WRBH.